0: Hi there. Welcome to The Preventable, the podcast giving you a seat at the table with conversations about the intersection of alcohol, drugs, and mental health in everyday lives. Take a seat and join us. Welcome to The Preventable. With me today are two people who I like just met, but I feel like we're going to become fast friends. They are with Four Walls and Beyond, one of our newest coalition's very excited about that uh with me today are lisa porter founder and ceo of four walls and beyond and chief financial officer otis lumpkin like pumpkin but with an l (laughs) welcome (laughs) to the preventable thank you thank Thank you you.
1: thank you for having us
0: when did you found four walls and beyond like it hasn't been that long
1: right Yeah, well we haven't been on the books that long, but actually Four Walls and Beyond came to me over 18 years ago. Holy cow, (laughs) really? (laughs) Yes, my story, how Four Walls and Beyond came about, I was incarcerated in the Vandalia Women's Prison from 2004 to 2006. So I did two years in that prison. And during that time, wow, I had visits and could get visits and had family and support and could see my daughter whenever I wanted to. There were women that didn't get visits, and they went months and even years oh. that didn't they didn't get visits and they didn't get phone calls. And so you had kids graduating from high school and couldn't go to prom. They needed prom dresses. So... Four walls and beyond actually started beyond the four walls. So I was actually inside of the prison, sending my sister to take kids Get to buy prom out dresses, of here. buy pampers for babies and stuff. And women were just like going crazy, crying because their kids were A students and they couldn't go to the senior trip to Six Flags because they caregiver, caregiver couldn't afford it. You know, I left one daughter out here. I have one daughter. But you got women that are going to prison that leave five and Mm. six kids out here. And it's our culture to try to keep the children together. And so Mm -hmm. parents do it. But, you know, what the world don't understand, no check come with those kids. Once that door closes behind those kids and the state makes it so hard for these grandparents to like just do a temporary adoption with the children until the parents get out of prison. So they're actually trying to take care of six kids on a fixed income living most of the time in a one or two bedroom, you know. And is that so
0: you just said so much here that I want to unpack. Mm -hmm. But so just a logistical question. Is that what is I'll say typical in a situation, if a person is incarcerated with, um, let's say a woman is mm-hmm. incarcerated with uh, kids, is it typically a grandparent that assumes sort of responsibility or is it sometimes like a
1: sibling or s- something like that? Yeah, or whoever wants to take them in. Because, you know, you could have family and no support. You know, there were Correct. women that had brothers and sisters, aunts, uncles, that didn't want to take the kids in. So you got some of them would say, well, I'll take these two. I'll take Uh, those two. Two of them go to DFS. We have a lot of children that are in DFS that couldn't go with their brothers and sisters. So you said that
0: when you were incarcerated, um, there were people who were not able, who, who weren't getting those phone calls and weren't able to really see the kids. Exactly. Why is that? Is it because... The relationship wasn't there. I know With oftentimes the care it's expensive exactly. to travel, right? We've done some reunification, like, um, so teaching some parenting skills and communication skills mm-hmm. for people who are about to be um, released and, and to see the family dynamics. I mean, there are some, you know, speaking of walls, some walls that are definitely put up, like, oh, yeah. mm-hmm, we'll see if this works this time, you know, exactly. how's this going to play out. And then there's also some people that are looking at somebody that they haven't, they don't know. Like it might be their child, but they haven't, or their partner, but they haven't been with them and don't really know them because there's only so much phone calls and letters can do.
1: Exactly. Right. And then the thing about it, most of the prisons are in rural areas. Yes. So they are yes! two and three hours away from home. So if the children are with a grandparent that don't have a car, that don't drive or aunt or sister that have a car, but they work and just don't really have that time. And a lot of programs come up to the prison. We got the Girl Scouts. Sure. um, The Boys, the Cub Scouts, and other programs, Let's Start, Moving Beyond Your Past, and other programs that do bust the kids and bring them up. But you're talking like once every six months Mm -hmm. as opposed to, uh, every other weekend visit, uh, once really a week, to really create fall, that relationship, to create that bond, and th- that's what kids need—that you know—to get past and over the trauma that is imposed on children with incarcerated parents.
0: Okay, Otis, I want to bring you into the conversation. Sure. So,
1: how did you get involved in
0: this organization? I mean, did she just pull you in
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's and interesting. say, "You're
0: good with money, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> help help me"?
2: Well, no, it happened because I. Worked with her husband, Mm -hmm. and and we started as a result of us working together. We and we worked in the same department. We started socializing, and so uh, one conversation led to the other. And so he started talking about his wife and the dream and the passion that she had for this organization. And he said, "Man, I know that you have some expertise in putting documents together in terms of forming." Articles of Incorporation mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And so he asked me, could I help them? Uh, I said, let me pray about it. And that was uh, about two weeks. I got back with him at work and told him, yeah, you know, we can, we can get together, let your wife know, give her my information. And that's how it all came about. And so it's been, you know, it's been rewarding.
0: So you have had this idea mm-hmm. while you were incarcerated, incarcerated yourself. Okay, yes. So you had this idea. You started making it happen. And then, fast forward or re, yeah,
1: fast forward 18 years, you're a 501c3. A 501c3, yes. But because when I got out of prison, then life hit you. Mm. I had to get back to work. I've been in construction for 25 years. So I stayed with my mom when I got out of prison, but I had a daughter that wanted to go to college. And so I had to make it happen. So I work sent her to college and then once I'm off work I do this a little bit I go back to work that's the construction life Mm -hmm. you work yourself out of a job so during my downtime I'm like okay well let me think of another paragraph to put on this uh, brochure you know because as we know every child don't want to go to college and to the service when they get out of um, high school Mm -hmm. so I said let me do some classes incorporate some classes and Mm -hmm. some hands-on training and what better Career to get in, then build and trade, you know, because it's rewarding. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So, what is the premise of Four Walls and Beyond?
0: So, give me your like elevator speech. Ah,
1: uh, well for our mission is to assist children with incarcerated parents and support ongoing communication during incarceration our vision is to maintain the relationship between children and their incarcerated parents we're going to do that through enhancement enrichment encouragement and also education as we know the parent-child relationship is one of the most important relationships there is and uh, what else in case in case people can't tell if they're listening Lisa's a little passionate about this I am very yes, passionate. Yes. Like when you said eighteen minutes, I'm like, and I get all of this, in? <laughs> and, and it's because the lived experience. And Otis yeah. and I both have lived experience. Yeah. Okay. Otis was also incarcerated, yes. and he seen yes. men that didn't get to visit, didn't get yes. visits from their children, didn't get to call home and yes. stuff. And so that that's where the passion come in, because as we know, children are our future, and we must invest in them.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. and give them that opportunity. And so you were telling me
0: something about... uh, you were telling me something really cool about uh, that's upcoming for you all where, speaking of the construction trades, you're yes. doing a little bit of a field trip, right? Yes. So tell me tell me
1: more about that. Tomorrow, we have a field trip. We actually have 30 children signed up for the field trip on the BJC uh, construction site, which is with McCarthy Construction. Shout out to McCarthy for yes. giving us this opportunity. We're going to be actually, they have these four pieces of plywood going around the uh, cranes what are they called the forms forms. and uh one of the investors drove by and they were like um that looks plain we want to do something with that one of my friends she works at the site and so he asked her did she know anybody that deal with kids or have a program and she was like yes my friend lisa has a program that works with kids he said, well, see if she would like to come up here and if they could paint those forms and draw our stuff on them. And so we're going to visit the site and he's going to have a person out of each trade come out and talk to the children about the rewarding field of being in construction, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just
0: creating those like positive supports. And yes. I mean, ultimately, you want to create them between the. The parent and the child, but then also we know that there's a lot of other social supports that that are necessary, right, for that kiddo yes. to grow up oh, and yeah. be Absolutely. healthy and successful. It yeah. takes
2: the whole village, as mm-hmm. we it takes know. It takes all of us. And like as Lisa said, to speak to that point, I've been there. I know what it's like to be in recovery. I know what it's like to live in addiction. And now that I'm on the other side of all of this, that's why it's a passion of mine to go back and give to those who may be struggling in some of those areas I know what it's like to kick the stigma and admit that you need some help and uh, deal with these issues in terms of mental health challenges Mm. and uh, it's been nothing but a blessing for me personally to serve in this capacity Uh, my biggest concern one of them is to at this point in my life it's legacy Mm. and so to I was uh, just
0: having this conversation with a friend of
1: mine. <laughs> wow, what
0: am wow. I going to leave my children, she exactly. said to me. She said, what am I going to leave my, chil- my, my right. children? And she's a woman of color,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: she's been busting her butt. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's not about money. Right. 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 It's about legacy. It's about legacy.
2: It's about leaving absolutely. it to
1: mm-hmm. your grandchildren, children, children. And this is such an important issue. And without another moment to waste on this, and this is why, because right now, The women that are in prison, they're getting treatment, they're having group therapy, they're getting counseling, they have church and everything that's going to prepare them to come out of prison Mm -hmm. and be their better selves. Whereas we have children out here that are getting no counseling, no therapy, no help. So you send this woman out after doing three to five years or whatever, she's clean, she's sober, she's got her mind right. But you're sending her with six traumatized kids. that So it's like you sending her to the lion's den. And that's going to push her right back out in the street, yep. right back into her addiction. And that's why we need to give these kids counseling while she's getting counseling. And, you know, everybody will be on the same page when she gets home. You know, I don't
0: – I will be honest with you. I don't think I've ever thought of it like that. I, I really haven't. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm aware of Mm -hmm. And I think most people listening would be aware that if your parent or caregiver, you know, whatever, goes to prison, goes to jail, Mm -hmm. there are some abandonment issues. There'd be a lot of, you know, there'd be a lot of trauma there. On Mm -hmm. top of probably some other traumas that had happened before it got to the incarceration point. So I think most people know that. Mm -hmm. But I don't think, at least I have never heard somebody say the person who's incarcerated, they're getting support. Maybe they're getting access to some NAAA meetings. Mm-hmm. You know, the counselor, they're hopefully getting their health in order. They're learning some skills and job readiness. But what but about, what the, about kids? the kids?
1: <laughs> that is incredible.
0: I've never yeah. thought about it
2: right
1: we did a survey we did a survey uh north county south county west county and uh, east st louis and we asked a question we asked them uh what was your biggest concern during this whole pandemic since mm. 2020 what was your biggest concern and then a lot of people said going back to work was the job going to be available what's the company you know going to sustain this pandemic uh, a lot of people said their biggest concern was running out of toilet paper, yeah, believe it or I hear, not. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I don't know if that was my biggest one, well, but that right. was a concern for yeah. a right. hot one minute, the, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and were their were children going to fail in school and keep their grades up, be able to keep their grades up with this homeschooling? And uh, most of the parents didn't really understand the assignments. And so then we asked the question, if you had to think of a group of kids that was most affected by this pandemic who would you say a lot of them said the dis the children with disabilities that Mm -hmm. needed that extra help special services yeah yeah. the children with learning disabilities that you know the children that need to be socializing with kids every day that's therapy for a lot of children but not one person said Children of incarcerated parents. And so when I said yeah, because to them because they couldn't see their parents at all during that time. Right, And when I said to them, the thing about the pandemic, when these children, when the pandemic hit, the children got sent home from school. Ninety five percent of the mothers got sent home from work. Those mothers were able to cook breakfast, lunch and dinner for their kids, send them out in the backyard for recess. But it was a flip side because when the country shut down, the prison shut down Mm -hmm. for two whole years. Mm -hmm. These children were not able to have any visits at all. And that's important to a child where their parent is incarcerated and to children, they don't see their mother. As the criminal that the prosecuting attorney no. and the judge see them, their mother as. That's my support system. That's the person that taught me how to tie my shoes, taught me how to walk, change my pamper, wipe my runny nose. So it's, you know, children. I might not they agree with all their, their decisions, Yeah, but, but that's my mom. Exactly. Or that's my dad. Exactly. So imagine the trauma that is imposed, that was imposed, and still is, because now you have to schedule visits. Yes. Whereas the children that do get to see their parents, they can just get in the car, let's go see your mom Mm -hmm. any day of the week. Now everything has to be scheduled. So I have a question that's a little left of center, but I think, and I I
0: hope you appreciate what Mm -hmm. I'm trying to ask. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as to people who are formerly incarcerated... Mm -hmm. Have you run into any challenges getting people to uh, support you, getting banks to support you, getting board members, or do you feel like we've evolved as a country, some of us, where Mm -hmm. it's like doesn't have to be a scarlet letter for forever, like you know what I mean? Like, did you run into roadblocks, or run for in. the most part, did you choose to work with people
1: who got it? And we do have some good partners that are taking us by the hand. Some good mentors. Living with Purpose is one. Oh, I that, love those guys. Yes, and them. so Kim yeah. and Kevin down there, they you know have welcomed us into their organization. And we're working with them, and we also put in for grant opportunities and stuff. So we're new yes. out here. So, you know, we're just now getting our feet wet and seeing. And we're going to expect no's, you know, because a lot of people feel like, well, they're incarcerated. They don't deserve to see their children. And, you know, despite what society may think, these children love their parents.
0: Oh, yeah. There's a it, lot of judgment that goes with, it well, why would I Why would I donate to this? Because, you know, mm-hmm. and and there's probably people who also think, well, that they're just gonna continue the cycle right which
1: is something you want to disrupt yes but what if they don't what if they don't yeah and we mainly need to help the kids because what if this girl that's graduating from high school want to be a dentist want to be a doctor and Mm -hmm. can't go to college because her grandparent can't afford it you know so what if we're just holding our future back Mm -hmm. by not helping the children right you know so we gotta look past the parents and their faults and look at the kids needs
2: right and that's 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 where I like to share my story with people because in spite of all the challenges you know I was still able to surmount those hurdles and uh, discharge off of release supervised release and maintain gainful employment maintain sobriety mm-hmm. and um. now it's time to give back you know and that's what mm-hmm. it's all about with me and I'm not so much caught up on being judged, so to speak, because I think it starts with self-love and self-appreciation. Yeah. And I'm not really looking too much for outside validation mm-hmm. as much as I am looking within to see what else there is that I can offer. I love And that. for those who are less fortunate. So, like, I don't know if you know, but we took on Walnut mm-hmm. Park as our community coalition. That's where mm-hmm. we're going to really be focusing our efforts in. And so, as you know, Walnut Park has been the victim of years and years of disinvestment. They've been Mm -hmm. one of the most under-resourced, underserved communities, but they're still... Diamonds in the rough there. And because I know I used to be there, I used to be that guy that sold dope for money. Now I sell hope for free. And I'm telling you. You should put that
0: on a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, it's coming soon. It's It's coming soon. Trademark, if you're listening, you can't take that. It's Otis's. Thank you. Thank you.
2: But yeah, uh, this is my whole heart passion is to, you know, give back, you know, because I lived it. And I know the what it's The lived
0: experience like. is so important, whether right. it's with incarceration, substance use disorder. We, we just had a guest on talking about domestic violence. Mm. You know, lived experience is important because it's that empathy piece to say, I know what you're feeling. Right. Yes. Yes. I We don't have the exact same feelings, but I've been there. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can understand where right. you're coming and from yes. and empathize. how scared you are and how nervous you are right. and how yes. mad as hell you are. Right. And I can empathize
1: with you. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes.
1: So... How does your kid feel about this? My daughter loves it. My daughter she she was 8 when I left and 10 when I came back and she got through grade school, high school. I sent her down to Xavier University in New in Orleans. New Orleans. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So she must be very proud of mama. Yeah, she is. And she loved the idea. She loved the whole concept cuz you know, she had to share her money like if my sisters and brothers gave her money. I'm like, well, Margo, I have a friend up here, and she has a grandchild out there that needs some pampers. Can you give me that $20 your uncle gave you? And she did it. She understood because she was with my mom and dad, and they worked and gave her everything she wanted. And so it was all about sharing. And even That's though she awesome. was an only child, she was able to share And and another reason why this is much needed, because when I was incarcerated, I was actually incarcerated with mothers and daughters. It was at least oh, eight yes. sets of mothers yes. and daughters. And so the mothers was was not old, you know, too old. And the daughters, so guess who kept both of their children? Mm-hmm. The, the grandmothers. Mm-hmm. So imagine that. And so if we can break the chain, you know, and uh, just give these children some hope.
0: Well, I feel like you're on a rocket ship here. So if you look into your crystal ball, what does five years down the line look for four walls and beyond? What does it look like?
2: Uh, (laughs) I I, I would like to think of it as being right there embarking on the flagship status. You know, as she said, we're new here. So I like to think of it as us being fledgling. But we're here to stay. Yeah, make exactly. No mistake so we're s-
0: solidifying it. your yes. presence in the community it, in five years. Yeah, okay. we, it's we, solidified. I like it, that.
2: Yeah, we want to. We want to uh, just make impact, lasting mm-hmm. impact, not just in Walnut Park, but in all of St. Louis, and then all around America, wherever there's a need, by partnering and collaborating with other heart people that has a heart to mm-hmm. care enough, mm-hmm. and to, to share enough, mm-hmm. to reach back to those who may not have an opportunity except it be for someone. A white guy from Pennsylvania helped me. Hmm. Didn't know me from a can of paint, but he mm-hmm. helped me. And so that's why I don't subsume all people in one category, regardless of race or ethnic, because it you just never know where you help or who you help may come from. And so that that impacted my life for the good. And now I'm years on the other side of it because of that. And so that's why it doesn't matter to me about race. I'm a equal opportunity employer, if you will. Just a
0: are you a pastor? I could feel, I feel like I could listen to you talk all day. <laughs> it's, it's, it's some anointing. Like, can I get it? Yeah, amen. I serve in leadership. Okay, I serve in leadership. I'm i life in charge of this
2: man, <laughs> and, uh, you know. Oh so, God. God. I'm, I'm kind I'm of windy, but it. but it's it's my passion. Yes, yes. You know, I, I, I love you, humanity, yes. and I make no apologies. I for have that.
0: goosebumps from both of you all because you can feel it. You can yes. feel the passion for what you're
1: doing.
2: Thank you.
0: And, and
1: Thank do you. know I've been home from prison since two thousand six. Every year the Department of Correction released two to three thousand people out here. And so nobody is running back in to help the ones that are still mm. in there or even help the ones that are out here that need help. So my You are. That my question is, if not us, who? And if not now, now when, when? when? right yeah all right
0: uh i feel hopeful today (laughs) i feel you are leaving me and it was not just your little mini sermon but i feel hopeful (laughs) yeah if people want to help if they want to you know offer some sort of training opportunity education um, a collection site for something I mean I know the holidays are coming up yeah. how can they reach out to you and find out
1: more information yeah, well we do have a website up it's still under construction we have Fine. a website mm-hmm. it's at www.fourwallsandbeyond.org and you can go on the website there's a donation button you can click the donation button it gives you the opportunity to make a one time a weekly monthly even yearly donation get it, get it. You can, and if you so choose to mail your donation In we have a new location, we have Brick and Mortal now. So, our new location is 8712 Goodfellow Boulevard, St. Louis, Missouri, 63147. Again, if you want to mail your donation in, the address is 8712 Goodfellow Boulevard, St. Louis, Missouri, 63147.
2: And one last thing Go. to add to that is if you're concerned about our status, we are tax-exempt 501c3 yes. and that we will be glad to give you all of your incentives for making <laughs> a kind, <laughs> generous donation to Four Walls and Beyond. It yes. would be like the wind underneath our wings so that we can soar to higher heights to reach these people who may not have an opportunity have a hand that'll reach back and give them an opportunity of hope again i used to be a dope dealer now i'm a hope dealer and i deal it for free so (laughs) help me do what i do Thank you very much.
0: That better be on a t-shirt. With that, we are out. Thank you so much for being on The Preventable. If you like what you're hearing, if you want to find out more about Four Walls and Beyond or just more about all the awesome community coalitions in the St. Louis region, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing to The Preventable. Thank you both. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Thanks for joining us at The Preventable, brought to you ad-free by PreventEd. Ed Ed works to reduce or prevent the harms of alcohol and other drug use through education, intervention, and advocacy. Please visit their website at prevented.org. Like what you heard? Rate, review, and subscribe to stay up to date with what we are serving on The Preventable.